You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, score one for honesty. Holly Saunders has a message for her haters. These social media streets are rough, so either come packing or go home. Mr. X is here a day early to give us a point spread look at week 18. All that plus, oh, hey, what's that elephant doing sitting over there in the corner? Your 40-minute dose of uncensored me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Thursday, January 5th, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Let's get into it. Holly Saunders. Remember her? Used to be on Golf Channel. Used to be on Fox Sports doing sideline reporting for their brief foray into the world of professional golf. U.S. Open Chambers Bay was kind of Holly's big moment. She wasn't great there. She asked a few dumb questions. And then next thing you know, it's like, well, whatever happened to her? Then she started showing up more and more on social media with more and more plastic surgery. Plumper lips, a thinner nose, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it just kept going and going to the point where you're like, oh my God, what are you doing, woman? What are you doing, woman? Well, turns out that she had a plan. And she is executing that plan and is not apologetic about it at all. It's a fascinating thing for me to watch from afar, and I don't know her, I've never met her, although I wouldn't mind it, be interesting. Holly Saunders tweeted the other day, quote, had a discussion with my girlfriend the other day. As someone on social media, you have three choices. One, Photoshop yourself and look nothing like you do in person, make money off it, 
and know you open yourself up to people ridiculing you for, quote, catfishing when you meet them in person. Or two, you can make the choice to get surgery to be the real-life Photoshop. Pay the money and go through the pain and recovery to actually look like your photos in person so you don't disappoint and trick your fans. Or three, get no surgery, use no Photoshop, look like yourself, roll the dice, and try to fit into the nearly impossible fantasy that this world has created on the internet. I chose two, says Holly Saunders. I got surgery to look exactly how I want to look in person. I'm honest about it, and I can feel good and confident meeting people in person that they aren't disappointed and expect something else. This is simply a rant on Photoshop and the responsibilities of it. But if you are using Photoshop and making money off it, then realize the consequences. Don't get upset when people are disappointed when they meet you in person. Stop complaining. Oh, and number four, she writes, if you can't stand the criticism, don't play the game. That is, I mean, good for her. I am blown away at what she looks like now and her body. And I know lighting and makeup, and maybe she's both doing all this plastic surgery and Photoshopping. I wouldn't be shocked. Or a little bit of light Photoshopping. But there's a picture of her in which I swear, I'm like, that's a human Barbie doll right there with the waist and the hips, the boobies, and everything else. Oh my, like, Even the abs, too. Now, I'm sure she's probably on some sort of growth, HGH, or some sort of light steroids. She has to work out, so I respect that. Her diet, probably two rice cakes and a cup of ice a day. But she went for it, and she's got it. And I'm convinced with the number of followers she has, And now with OnlyFans being a thing, she's making at least a million dollars a year. Maybe way more than that. If Bad Baby, a.k.a. Cash Me Outside Girl from Dr. Phil fame is making more than that, and these are all reported numbers. You never fully know if these are actual figures or if people are making shit up. Um, It's incredible. Good for Holly Saunders. I don't really love the look because it's too fake, it's too extreme, it's too crazy. In fact, I saw her post a video hitting golf balls because she was a collegiate golfer at Michigan State when she went by the artist name of Holly Needenfewer or Needcure or something like that. And she was fully clothed and her swing was buttery smooth, great tempo and flushed a couple of iron shots off a very tight sandy lie on this driving range out west, somewhere in Arizona probably, and we all know as golfers how hard that is to catch those clean. Couple those in a row, and I'm like, damn, girl can still move it. Does she like golf? Does she still play much? Does she have any time through all of her plastic surgery and HGH injections and uh, photo shoots? I don't know. But I know this, fully clothed. Fully clothed, Holly Saunders looked weird as fuck. She looked like this long, ultra-skinny, skeletor sort of clothes rack, which is kind of fascinating unto itself. But again, I think the honesty is great. I say good for her. 
She's making millions a year on her own schedule, not worried about pleasing the next network executive or worrying about what questions she's going to ask to, you know, uh, Patrick Cantlay if he wins the U.S. Open. And not worried about getting the next gig. She doesn't have to fight off the younger, prettier, more natural-looking sideline reporter babes out there. And the model she's built for herself is probably sustainable for, I mean, five, six, ten years maybe. But is she happy? I don't know. She seems fine. Kind of. But you never know. It's a fascinating thing. She is blazing her own path and being honest about it. And for that, I can respect it. All right. I decided to break out Mr. X to Thursdays. And we'll do so for the remainder of the football season. Friday, you're going to get your looking live if you subscribe with Scott and Sally. But it'll be a dual show. It'll be 20 minutes of Scott and Sally and I just riffing on whatever. And then 20 minutes of you are looking live. Be a good 40-minute show, well worth your your $5 subscription a month. And we'll do Mr. X on Thursdays, which means we've got to guess at the games another day early, which could affect our picks. But let's be honest, uh, we didn't have the best week last week. I was okay. Uh, He had a little bit of a struggle week. This week is going to be a backup QB shit show. So let's go ahead and dive right into it with Mr. X. We sail into some very perilous waters in week number 18. It is shaping up to be, Mr. X, a backup quarterback, no motivation. We're actually trying to tank shit show. How are we going to navigate this? Carefully. Carefully. Yes, very carefully. Uh, The big news that came down midweek was that the Bears have said, "Eh, you know what? Sure, Justin Fields is 67 yards away from the single-season quarterback rushing record, but we're going to start Nathan fucking Peterman instead because we're sitting at three wins, which is the two-spot unopposed in the upcoming NFL draft. We don't really want to fuck that up. Oh, my God. I know. The, the, the old, uh, what team is Nathan Peterman on for 500, please, Alex? I didn't know he was on the Bears. Come I on. believe Nathan Peterman is the last NFL quarterback to throw for five interceptions in a single game. Because right. once upon a time, as you know, Mr. X, and we were just youngins, quarterbacks would throw for four or five picks in the game if not on a routine basis, it wasn't like crazy to see. Go look at the game logs of yep. guys like Joe Namath, and you're like, God, did coaches not think interceptions were bad back then? Well, doctors didn't think smoking was bad for you either. <laughs> I'm not sure about that analogy, but okay. Well, Heck, it, when I was when it, I was first learning the game, the the punters had like a net average of 38. So if it was third and ten, and you threw it 45 yards downfield, it got picked. You said, eh. Whatever. Right. It's a watch. Right. right. But yeah. the, the throwing was a lot more wild in the 70s and 80s. And then finally, coaches did say, God, I'm noticing a real correlation between wins and losses and turnover margin. So, yeah, maybe we should be a bit more careful with the ball. So, that said, Nathan Peterman, let me get his uh, stats here, career stats. He has now been on Buffalo for two years, Vegas for two years. And now he's on Chicago. He's on Chicago's roster. He played for uh, Vegas last year. 
uh, played in one game, did not throw a pass. I, I was not ready for this. I just tried to type him in myself as we speak, and I got back. Are you sure you don't mean Norm Peterson from Cheers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. So, all right, let's. Uh, we got a lot to, to, to dig into. So, yeah. where do you want to begin? First of all, for those who are wondering, who would like some uh, additional assistance and insights on the point spreads in the upcoming NFL playoffs, Mr. X at his website, callmemrx.com, is going to be offering a special this postseason. What do we got? Yeah. I'm trying. Um, every year about this time, it has to come with a caveat. Every year about late in the season, you know, I don't take new folks during the season because the general rule is I teach, I try to educate. It's a long process. And people who jump in late looking for a quick hitter are people who've already buried themselves. And that's just not what we do. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to get people to be smarter gamblers. However, every year about this time, I get bombarded with questions about, can we just do the playoffs only? I'm not a big player. I wanted it. And, I, and last year, I told you, never again. So, of course, this week, I'm getting bombed with the same questions. And I decided to do this. Um, hopefully, overnight tonight, I'm going to set it up. I am going to do starting this week for playoffs only. But it's going to be a, a, some stupid price unless you put in the ZABE promo code. If you put in, what is it, Charlie Zulu? Charlie Alpha, Zulu Echo. Alpha Bravo Echo. Yes, it'll if unlock the in. Zabe price. Exactly. So, because I really don't want folks, but I'm going to go ahead and let your, you know, your podcast guys jump in if they have been following and haven't jumped in. I'm going to let them do it, but I don't want the rest of the world. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, go to callmemrx.com and uh, find out more information there. And uh, as always, caveat mTOR and be careful. But yeah, you are you are looking for people who are not desperate down to their last penny, wanting yeah. guaranteed wins because that's not real. Yeah, and unfortunately, I always say that you know the playoffs are harder bets. It's harder. There's no Air Force versus Boise that you can find you know in the playoffs. The lines are, and each of the years on your show we talk about the playoffs are not the time to go big. They're not the time to bet. And you and I seem to crush it every year. So everyone's like, yeah, I know you say that, but we do well in the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're seeing the truest version of the team we've seen all year. Putting Uh, forth the maximal effort they are all year. So we're seeing the most authentic version of the teams. We've got 16 data, 17 data points to synthesize. I don't know. I don't know. But the games are closer. There's more money floating mm-hmm. around on fewer games. The odds makers, are, I've got a sharper eye on fewer games. There's fewer mistakes. There's a sl- There's less sloppiness. It's, it's a harder deal. Maybe. You definitely don't have the, oh, wow, were they flat games. But all those data points you mentioned, as they say, those guys in the casinos have, they have those them too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, by the way, I found the game for Nathan Peterman, 2017, when he was with the Bills. Bills, yeah was 6 for 14 at the LA Chargers 6 for 14 for 66 yards and count them 1 2 3 4 5 interceptions yeah remember <laughs> that he completed 6 to his team 5 to the other team and only 3 hit the ground <laughs> all right here's another i set out i said i'll give a prize to anybody who can find me 
um, bullet body somebody's uh, highlights from the last time a guy had five passing touchdowns as a running back in the league. It was like from the 30s or something. Somebody, of course, went to YouTube, found it. I'd love to know the last quarterback to have thrown five picks in the game because I got to believe Peterman's it. You don't, they don't allow oh, guys sure. to do that, you know? Sure. Sure. So, I, I bet you don't have that in the college level either. It's pretty odd, that's for sure. By the time you throw the fourth, you, you, you at least fake an injury. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. You eventually go, okay. All right, let's talk college. Those games were something else, weren't they? Oh, you know, I have not done any kind of real thinking or research, but just intuitively, there's no way there's a better day of college football than that was. Right. I'm sure there was some New Year's Day with four or five excellent bowl games back in the day, but those that was just ridiculous. And how great was it when the ball's ready to drop and the game's on the line? And Mrs. X is yelling down to me to come upstairs for the ball drop. And I said, no way. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. And she said, the ball's going to drop. I said, I already know how that ball's dropping. I want to watch this ball. <laughs> right. I want to see if this ball flies straight. And it did not. Yeah, I told her to put it on pause, and that didn't work. Poor but... Noah Ruggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you don't have Adam Vinatieri back there. You don't have Justin Tucker. You can't just assume, Ryan Day, that you've got money in the bank because you're at the 32. Biggest mistake ever. Ran a timid run on play one. Two passing plays that I think were one-read options that didn't really have any risk to him. Next yes. thing you know, you're well, kicking, and he's duck-hooking it because he's a kid named Noah Ruggles, and the stage was too big. Well, and you know what? I mean, a lot of people, nobody really noticed this, but on first down, they just kind of did the give-up play. Yeah, and Georgia called timeout, and I was like, "What are you doing?" The, right. the normal protocol is call timeouts if there's time for you to get the ball. Also, and I looked at it and I said, "You know, you only had one left." They called timeout, and it was like that's just after the timeout, you could see that Ohio State kind of was like, "You know, maybe we should try a little harder here." And at <laughs> right. least they ran plays on second and third that didn't work, but I thought it was going to backfire, and Georgia was going to. You know, all they had to do was run Com- a couple plays for complete one. Yards, yeah. It's all over. Yeah, just but complete one or two more ball. passes. Yeah. Speaking of timeouts, how about Harbaugh not calling timeout? I thought he was dead on. I thought he was right. Yep. Why? Well, and by the way, I haven't seen why. Even his own ball. dad stood up in the stands and said, "What are you doing, Jim?" Well. Okay, let's put it this way. Uh, your old friend Tim Murray broke it down and said why it was dead right, and I actually said he's, he was right. The first part about it is it's goofy, but in the college game, it, when you get the first down and they stop the clock momentarily and then restart it, usually the play clock you know, starts immediately, and the, play, and the game clock has about a seven- or eight-second delay sometimes, six or eight. So when you don't call it after the first down, you actually save yourself seven seconds, if that makes sense. Because normally the timeout saves you 40, but on that first down, it only unwinds 33. So it was smart to not call the timeout after the first down when he made the run for a first down and everybody said, why aren't they calling it? I was like, he knows he has enough to use. He used all three. It was going to come out the same no matter what. Mm -hmm. He used it the same. He saved the right amount of time. Mm, here's where I disagree. Okay. You don't know it would have come out the same way because I liken it, I call it the drop anchor theory of clock management. That time is the only thing that cannot be mitigated 
at the end of a football game. Once time is off the clock and you're trailing, you can never get that time back. You can get timeouts a variety of ways, incomplete passes, uh, running out of bounds, penalties. They're all soft timeouts. But time is the most precious thing. And once it's gone, you never recover it. So I like the 72 Olympics and you're playing Russia. Exactly. Exactly. So I like to drop anchor like a ship. Let's pretend a ship is a runaway ship into the harbor. It can't stop. It knows it's going to crash into the docks. I like to drop anchor sooner rather than later. Instead of saying, well, I've got 100 feet of, of anchor line, and I don't have to drop anchor until there's 105 feet left. The anchor may not grab. Whereas if you drop anchor and stop the clock sooner, it forces the other team to think, well, maybe we should do something different, like throw, and then if they throw an incomplete, guess what? You just got gifted another timeout. You force the issue. It's dropping the anchor sooner rather than later. That's my difference in that strategy. I, I don't disagree with that. If you can speculate what it would make people decide to do, that's but, a lot. Of but, for the pri- but for the price of seven seconds, I would have dropped anchor sooner. Yeah. I, I felt like they. I felt like in a game like that, every seven would have mattered. I wouldn't. I. I do think. And it like, might have. It might have. But yeah, what you did would have been good. He could have called it on those first three plays, and and that's exactly what you're saying. And I probably would have done that. But the one I disagreed with was when they ran for the first down. That's the one time you don't call it because those seven matter. But if you called it on the first three. Or you know they waited for the I don't first think, down. I don't think he counted. I don't think he counted on them running for a first down on that first play. That's the thing. Oh no, no. But I mean, I so think if they, they ran three plays that he didn't call the timeout. Okay, on. but here's the thing: so he doesn't call timeout, and they run for a first down, and then he calls timeout to stop the clock after first, second, and third on the second set of downs. I mean, you're really assuming that they're going to get a first down. On that first running play, which is a bad assumption, if you ask me, yeah. had they run yeah. for two yards and you just sat and watched 40 seconds burn off, you're going to feel pretty fucking stupid. No question. You always want to call them early and on defense. I'll definitely give you that. And then how about as soon as they had that fourth down pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, whatever, and then uh, when that guard picked up the ball, as crazy as that day had been, you immediately said, he's going to score. He's going to score. <laughs> Was going to score, yeah. and instead the running back throws the ball, and the guy gets a targeting penalty when the game's over. I mean, excuse me, Should've. targeting hit. They wave Should've. it off. Yeah, like how how bad was that? That basically the referees were like, "Yeah, yeah. this is we called a hundred out of a hundred times. Right. We're not calling it here." And then everybody, I, I, I don't do a lot of tweeting, but the, everybody was like, oh, you can't call it there with the game on the line, to which I said, did you see the bowl game the day before? Exactly. Was it Arkansas? Game over, two-point conversion. It's Exactly. It, it. Oh, by the way, there was a target after the game on the last play, yeah. and they gave them another try and went to yeah. another OT. The point is they had just done it on a, quote, games over play. Yeah. Granted, that's not a playoff game. It's a bowl game. But whatever, you certainly have a precedent for we don't look at the clock, we look at the replay. And when you say, yeah, it's not targeting, yeah. it's kind of a hard one. 
Well, we have a classic Cinderella final in that you wonder if yes. the coach turns back into a pumpkin before midnight. At TCU is a massive underdog, 13 and a half points. I'd imagine there's a lot of people that are going to want to take TCU because of what they saw last, error of recency. We believe as humans, the last thing we saw, not everything we saw. I would be very careful on that one, that's for sure. That's a tough game. We'll have to go to callmemrx.com for that. Let's put that aside. Ron Rivera, it was announced today that Sam Howell, the rookie out of North Carolina, will start week 18 but only after word filtered out from the beat reporters with the commanders that it was going to be a half a Heineke and then a half of Howell. And the fan base lost their shit. Social media went crazy. Next thing you know, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, never mind. We'll give Sam Howell the whole game. What in the fuck wow. is Rivera doing? It dawned on me that earlier this year when they were one in five or one in six, I believe, and they were like, why does your team suck? And he's like, one word, quarterback. And he was throwing Wentz under the bus. What yeah. moron would then put bus back in the driver's seat <laughs> of the bus when the season was on the line? He clearly, Rivera, has no fucking idea what he's doing. Would you, look, uh, as you like to say, nobody's listening. It's a podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we can, hey. Everybody thinks, or I shouldn't say everybody, it seems to be general consensus. He's a likable, good guy. Yes. Ben Powell, he seems to be immune from criticism in many ways. He, I didn't think he was a good coach in Carolina. I feel like his heart is never shown to be really in this. Does he want to win? Sure. Is he? But there's something about, like, when you want to really criticize a coach, you want him to kind of be an asshole. <laughs> you know, you can criticize Jim Harbaugh if you don't like him. But it's hard to criticize well, Rivera. Not for How me. I I have no use for him. I, I think he's the most arrogant, underachieving, okay. do-nothing coach. I can say fuck him in a coaching sense. Good man, good father, survived right. cancer, yada, yada. But otherwise, but fuck you, his arrogance. He sucks. Yeah. How do you how do you have that press conference when the guy says something about if you're eliminated later today, and he's like, "Wait, we can be eliminated today." How do you, how does that? Happen? How bad is that? How do you, how how clueless do you have to be? And, that gave this organization, whoever's running it, uh, a ticket to say, you know, we we wanted him out. We feel bad firing. Hey, you know what? If you don't know the playoff scenarios. We kind of got to move on. But here's and, the, and immediately it, people say things like, "Oh, he's you know you you don't understand. He's preparing so hard to win this game, no matter what. You don't have time to do all that." To which I say, "These organizations that you run, coach, you got a guy for everything. You got a guy for water. You got a guy that walks behind you to make sure you don't pull you back when you go out on the field. Yeah, right? so you don't have a guy to figure out the playoffs." It's it's embarrassing. It's a disqualifying thing. Here's the problem, though, for Commander fans. The ownership change is not likely to take place and be official till like, March, I'm guessing. It's too late to fire him then. I think. You know that, well, no. I think. You, you might be right, but you know what? Maybe a new organization will just, they always say we want our own guys in. What better time? Otherwise, he'd be a huge lame duck with new ownership. Yeah. Like North Turner was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to uh, go. You had a thought on Skip Bayless and his apology for the tweet that I think yeah. was way overreacted to, but whatever. Uh, what do you, oh, you think of Bayless? 
Yeah, totally overreacted to. I mean, you know, it was a sort of muddled tweet in which he appeared to give too much emphasis of shit. We got to play this game, but right. he did. He did add at the end. It all seems so irrelevant now. It just people want to hate Skip Bayless because he's the ultimate heel in sports commentary, and I get it. But as far as his apology, what did you think? Well, he never made one. Okay. He said everybody misunderstood him. Mm-hmm. He did what what my house, my kids and I call uh, the athlete's apology. If I offended anybody. Know, if I offended anyone, yeah. I'm you know, I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I did if, anything right. that bothered you. It's never did I do anything wrong. And by the way, today's show, I only know this because my kids and you know, my boys told me I didn't watch it. He was worse than ever. He and Shannon Sharp were really going at it. But, you know, the athlete apology is where you just talk and say, if there's something wrong, I'm sorry, but I didn't do anything. My kids do that all, all through life at school. You know, be like, hey, about that econ test. Right. What's up? And they'd say, well, if my lack of studying and grade on that test bothered anybody in this house, then I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, that show is where you go to get dumber. If you are too smart knowing what sports is all about, if you'd like to dumb yourself down, plop yourself in front of the TV and watch those guys go at it, and you'll you'll end up a few IQ points lower every single day. Uh, and the, here's the question it gives you, though. Zabe, if you could turn the clock back 25 years, a young uh, guy starting to a To try to become a Skip Bayless at $6 million a year? Would you have wanted to be an asshole and make twice the money? I, I, I can't. Well, not twice. Infinite money. 10x, 20x. No, I I couldn't and I can't because I don't, I'm too normal. I'm too (laughs) rational. I don't, I I have too much shame for doing that. And I wonder, does Skip Bayless have friends? Like real friends? Does he move in the world normally or does he just exist to make a ton of money, be on TV? And be a celebrity. I guess he's happy. I don't fucking know. But I'd want to I'm, be a normal person as people who've met me and know me off the radio and off the podcast because I couldn't imagine being him or Colin Coward for that matter. Oh, yeah. He's changed a lot. I might have to change that promo code to I'm too normal <laughs> instead of I'm, I'm too normal. <laughs> okay. Uh, the don't need to play teams as yeah. discussed last week. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we talked last week about how everybody loves to bet the team that quote needs to win versus the team that has no reason to play. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about how, you know, like usually two out of three times the team that doesn't need to play is the right side, but when they're wrong, they're wrong by a mile and a half. And that's sure what we got last week. And what the Browns don't need to play. They knocked the commanders out. Denver didn't need to play. They had a big win over, uh, or cover, rather. Cover against uh, uh, Kansas City. Chiefs. And then there's those teams that don't need to play, and they're embarrassing, like the Colts and the Bears, <laughs> who right. lose by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. But generally speaking, the what you want to avoid is the team who is, uh, like the Vikings are, the teams who don't need to play but are in the playoffs, they stink. The teams who don't need to play but are out of the playoffs – they show up right for the most part 
Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, lines that are – oh, NFL gets the final week now, but did yeah. miss a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, years ago, you know, kind of back when gambling was not every commercial on the NFL games and they didn't get it, um, you could really uh, see tremendous um, swings in the lines on the last day. Whereas, like, you know, the 1 o'clock game greatly impacted who wanted to play or not play on the 4 o'clock games. And you would see lines move like crazy between 1 and 4 o'clock. The NFL felt like that's not our problem. And I I swear they got together and finally understood it as they became more and more partners with the, you know, the gambling um, community community and now last year they 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 group all the games they put all the ones that are correlated at one o'clock and then they put all the ones that are correlated at four o'clock so there isn't this crazy hey this team won at one now that team at four clinched and the line moves a touchdown but you know but you know that they violated their own rule this year don't you what do you mean the packers and the lions belonged at 4 30 opposite the seahawks and the rams by those very rules, but they couldn't resist the catnip of Rogers at Lambeau at night to close the season. Episode 272 of the long-running TV show about quarterbacks known as the NFL. And so, therefore, you may get a Lions team that's dead on arrival. They still will probably play hard, I believe, but that's what they did this year. So Yeah, it's, they missed that one. They, yeah. they, they broke their own rules on that because they looked around and said, shit, there's nothing better else to put on on Sunday night. Well, the eight o'clock is hard because you have to have something you, you want to have something to talk about. And they hoped that was the one, I mean, they're still going to have something to talk about because either it's green Bay's in or they're out. 
win or right. lose. So at least there's some drama there. Exactly. But it'll it'll be interesting. Lines that are well, curious this – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say what they missed um, this week is um, – well, well, I guess the Vikes are not going to play. But, you know, they're playing for the two seed, oh. and once they lose In at one – theory – Right. I mean, they can have the two seed with a win. They don't seem to care. No, no, they, when they, no they, they need a win, and they need a Niners loss. Correct. Correct. Hold on. Yeah, the Niners are 12-4, and four, and the Vikings are 12-4, and four, and the Niners have the tiebreak. So they need right. a small miracle. We'll get to that Viking-Bear game in just a second. We talked okay. about Peterman starting for the Bears, but yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's press ahead because we got a lot of other stuff okay. we've got to get to here. Okay. Um, lines that are curious this week: Denver and the Chargers, the Dolphins and the Jets, and then the Chiefs on Saturday against the Raiders. Well, I guess uh, back to what you said about you have to find something for primetime, but it certainly was a curious edge for the Chiefs to move to Saturday, um, giving them an extra day. But they're going to probably have the bye as the one seed, probably. Well, if that's true because of the canceled game, I, I keep thinking they also the one, they also right. may play on Saturday if they're not the one seed on Wild Card Weekend. Remember, we got two days of three games. Yeah. Well, the interesting line there, though, as you said, is um, Miami. Miami needs a win. Mm-hmm. The Jets are out. Mm-hmm. Jets are laying a point. Mm. Yeah. Okay. After a third game in Seattle. Well, I think they were terrible last week. It's because Miami is down to uh, that guy, Skyler, I believe, at quarterback. But they signed Mike Glennon this week. Uh, Yes, they did. (laughs) Well, but I guess you would say they're down to kind of what the Jets are also down to. (laughs) Well, they got Mike White back, but he stunk last week, which is as predictable as possible that these guys are like, this guy gives us a spark. He's got moxie. And it lasts for five or six games. And then the magic runs out. Well, I guess I, I can understand that game being even. I just assumed it would be one of those where the world would want to bet the Dolphins because they really need it. The Jets just got eliminated. So I expected there to be a sucker line with Miami laying points. Similar with the Chargers in Denver. Um, Granted, if Baltimore loses at one, it changes everything for the Chargers. That's the one they really mixed up because the Chargers, I'm sorry, if they're the five and they get Jacksonville instead of the six and get Cincy, that's a hell of a difference. Yeah, The Chargers want that. And yet they need to win that, if uh, depending on the Baltimore game, yet Denver's laying two and a half points. Yeah. Latest on the injury front is that uh, Tua is highly unlikely to play. Bridgewater, who hurt his hand or his wrist last week, is possible. Otherwise, it's yeah. Skylar Thompson, again, a quarterback. That's probably the reason for that line between the Jets yeah. and the yeah. Dolphins. All right, you got a story about our friend Houston Scotty and your private members-only guillotine league for cash money. Not for booze, libations, or pride, but for cash money and a bad beat because of this interrupted Bills-Bengals game. Yeah. Talk to me. Well, no, it wasn't that. But he, oh. um, his beat was different. And by the way, let's put it this way, the winner of that VIP league can, buy, can get – 
three or four bottles per share per owner instead of one for the whiskey. It's a it's a pretty good size league. But Shirey's in the finals. And I'm getting the text all of a sudden late Sunday. Because Charch's guillotine leagues has that rule where the last three weeks your rosters are frozen. There's mm-hmm. no pickups. Well, Shirey goes into the finals. And uh, fast forward, he loses by four because his quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts and Tua. Oh. And he's not allowed a pickup. No. And, of course, what I said to him in response was, one, text charge. Two, you had Mike Evans on your bench. You have nothing to say. Yeah, exactly. That is <laughs> a tough That is a tough beat right there. I think, I think you know, I would humbly suggest to, to charge that they he amend yeah. that rule because of late-season quarterback injuries. But if they're not going to amend it, then you need to know going into the final three weeks, you probably need to carry four quarterbacks on your roster. Yeah, but then you end up short somewhere else. It's a tough one. Well, I mean, you could still do it, but do you want to have a quarterback or not? Quarterback is the one irreplaceable thing on your roster, right? Fair. Fair. There's solutions. We'll uh, we'll figure it out in the offseason. Okay. Uh, Before we do the final week of picks, how are we at? on season totals and let's review last week on season totals you mean our picks or um oh your season over unders let's talk about our season our season total picks over unders in the nfl you made some picks i made some picks i've long since forgotten mine other than the stupid raiders over pick uh which i know i probably lost i'm sure i lost um tell me how we're doing on those oh those okay oh you don't have those I have mine oh, on okay. my website. I'm forgetting which ones you did right. on the show. Never mind mine. How are yours doing? I'll look mine okay. up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> on the site, we crushed it, actually, this year. I, I went 2-1 and one on season totals, and I That's came in crushing dead last. It? Well, I, no, I came in dead last <laughs> because Dano was 6-0, and oh, and uh, X2 on the site was 3-0. and oh. So I was the only one to miss one. So, no, as a group, we uh, 6, 79, we went like 11-1. and one. Plus X2 hit all all of his props, including Jefferson to win the receiving crown. So, no, the season-long totals, we did very well this year. All right, my season totals, I just found them. Dog shit. Okay, Cowboys, Cowboys under 10 and a half. <laughs> Whoops. Raiders over 8 and a half. Loser. Bears over 6 and a half. Texans over four and a half. The Buccaneers under 11 and a half is the only one I'm going to win. Winner. Oh, Winner. You know what? That's the one you wanted. <laughs> Anti-Brady pick. There you All go. Right. Well, don't pay attention to my season totals. How do we do last week against the spread, both you and I? I know I was opposite you on the Raiders uh, total. Yep. I don't have this in front of me. Sorry. Um, last week, let's see. Oh, we stunk. I was one and two. You were one and two. We both missed the lock. No, 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 my lock was the Packers, and that was dead on. And I called that one from far away. Yes. Okay. Yes, I said the lock of the week. I must have had it wrong. Oh, really? Hold on a second. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't make that my lock. I did call the Packer game right. I said this. this." Oh, you know what? You read those three, and, and, and after you hung up, I realized I didn't feel like you designated any one of them. And I, I just marked Hold down on. the last one. 
so maybe I got it wrong. No, so. I have no, I have it listed here clearly on my notes. Packers lock okay. of the week. I had a minus three and a half. You said you're getting him for minus three even. Yep. And I said, good. Lots I said, this game has that. been circled for a long time by the Packers. They're pissed. The offense is starting to cruise. Um, and I think the Vikings uh, are not good. And they proved that they were not good. Here's how bad it was. They're bitching about the field. They said the field was overwatered on purpose to make Viking receivers slip because they had a lot of slipping. They had the wrong cleats, they said. And they said, dirty, dirty pool. I'm like, wow. The copium amongst wow. Viking fans is running rampant right now. You know, there's. I've been wondering about this. Of all the things that you can hear during a football broadcast, there's nothing that bothers me more than cutting to the sideline reporter who tells me they just changed cleats. Why? <laughs> I don't That's think. not notable. <laughs> they went in and they took off the half-inch cleats and they replaced them with the three-quarter. <laughs> and I don't. That's what you're getting paid for. Hey, you it's know like, what? I it's always a- think... It's a better piece of information than a lot of times you get from these otherwise worthless sideline reporters. I had the Chiefs minus 12.5 against Denver. That was just a bad play. Denver played them tough. And then Carolina plus three at Tampa, which was actually the right side. Carolina was taking it to them. And then they just could not cover Mike Evans or Godwin down the stretch. Oh, and you still had a push until the last second uh, fumble by Darnold that pushed it from three to six. Right. That was a a tough one. Yeah. I had uh, my lock was the Jets, who were god awful. Um, the Colts, who didn't show, and I had the Cardinals uh, correctly. And the only good part about that was how much you laughed at it on the air last week because they had played so badly yeah. the week before. Really but did. for the year now, you are eight and nine on locks. So this week's a big one. Got to get to five hundred. Twenty three point nine overall. I'm nine seven and one on on these. It's hard to pick them on Wednesday this week, my friend. Let me tell you. I know. We're, and and, and so with going on. Well, and and with the quarterback roulette yeah. shit show is it's it's really hard. But that said, we are undeterred in our yeah. efforts. I've got maybe the fans will convince Rivera to change his formula again. Yeah, the next day. maybe. Jeez. Who knows? So here are my picks. Pick number All one: right. Dumpster Bowl twenty twenty two. We got the two win Texans at the three win Colts. Jeff Saturday versus Lovey Smith. Oh, my God, this is not a Mensa meeting of great coaches. <laughs> um, the Texans are a completely corrupt, bankrupt franchise that is absolutely not going to win this game for love nor money and jeopardize that first pick overall in the draft. So I am going to take the Colts minus two and a half even though it could be a patented Mr. X two-and-a-half trap, which would mean you're supposed to take the dog outright to win. I'm going to take the Colts to win and to give Jeff Saturday, okay, you one more win, now get the fuck out of here, victory, and the Texans preserve that number one pick at all costs by completely laying down. Okay. Pick number two, the reverse tank leak game of the year. The Vikings have basically nothing to play for. Yes, they could get the two seed, but they don't want the two seed because the two seed will likely get the seven-seeded Packers, and the Packers just ran their ass up and down the field, scored on them six different ways, and they would have a ton of fans, Green Bay fans, that would invade their home stadium as the two seed. No fucking way. The Vikings could instead draw the Giants as the three seed, so they have zero incentive to win this game. 
However, the Bears sitting on three wins have been like, well, fuck. We're sitting in the two-spot drafting right now. We don't want to move up or down any further, so let's make sure we lose. And they are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs and have decided to start Nathan Peterman. Because the Bears are so bad and they're so inept, their attempt to tank this game will tank, and they will win the game outright as seven-and-a-half-point favorites with Nathan Peterman. Mark my words, the reverse tank leak game of the year, Bears plus seven and a half. And now for my lock of the year. Nail-biter season finale at Lambeau Field. Last week goes on the Packers. This week, the Lions come to town. They catch four and a half. The Lions have had a better statistical profile the last six weeks than even the Packers. They're a good, balanced team. They're hungry. I think they'll be hungry whether the Seahawks win or not. And the Packers have been getting a ton of INTs as of late. They've been coming in droves. And that's great. But eventually, they dry up just a bit. Now, I know that Jared Goff stinks outside. His indoor numbers are way better than his outdoor numbers. It's going to be pretty cold, not brutally cold. High 20s, not terrible win, but still. I think this is a field goal game either way, and I could easily see the winning, the Lions winning, whether it's to get them in or just to fuck the Packers. I say lock of the week, Lions plus four and a half at Green Bay. Now, I'm curious. Those are some good ones. I'm curious. You said lock of the year. Did you mean just the week? I meant the yeah, the week. It's not a lock. Okay, gotcha. Not lock of the year. Just the last, the last lock of the year. Last lock. <laughs> Get to the five on it. Okay. You know, the, uh, that's that's interesting. I think when I knew you were going to take when you said two and a half, is it a trap? I thought I think I need an asterisk by that theory that you can't lay a trap in the woods that no one's going to go in. <laughs> Okay. So abandoned Houston wilderness. Indian, yes. I I just kind of feel like the theory doesn't apply. Cause who are you trapping? I mean, nobody listen, cares about that game. Listen, the first two picks, the first two games are complete dumpster fires. But I gotta tell you, look around the rest of the schedule. There's three or four more dumpster fires out there. Who do you like this week? And and by the way, do you think there's seven uh eight the at seventeenth game? Since they've had it, there just seems to be more last week's shit games because the more you stretch it out, the more separation there is. I think the end of the year is always going to be a bad week, whether it's 16 weeks, 17 weeks, or eventually 18 weeks. Yeah, I the, guess. It just seemed like there was always a lot of eight and seven, seven and eights, and just one extra week seemed to separate them just enough to not matter. Okay, how about, how about here? How about this for an analogy? The last ladle of a one-quart bowl of soup, is it any good? No. Is the last ladle of a five-quart bowl of soup any good? No. <laughs> it's the soup at the bottom of the pot. That's what we're okay. at. All right, Doesn't well, matter how big the pot is. When you get to the last ladle, it's generally not very good. Okay. Fair enough. Here's my last soups of the year. <laughs> I am gonna, I'm going to take that trap, and I'm going to take Denver uh, – over the Chargers. I think if there's anybody that is playing in a worthless game this week that really needs and wants to play good, maybe it's Russell Wilson. I'm going to take Denver. Second pick, I'm going to take Atlanta laying four. They say Tampa Bay says they're not going to roll over. They're going to play. They've been rolled over for a long time. This team is not good. So I will take Atlanta 
and I tried to figure out who is the team in the playoffs that's most likely to really stink and not show up. And I came up with the Giants. It's a huge number, and it's for a reason. Philly's laying 13 and a half. And they do want to win and get the one seed. And they may not have to play much more in a quarter to get that two-touchdown lead over the over the Giants. So my lock of the week is going to be Philly to route the Giants, laying 13 and a half. Okay. You did not mention the number in your first pick, so get that out there for those oh, who are on the Chiefs. Uh, Denver is laying two and a half. Okay. Denver minus two and a half Correct. as your first of the three picks. All right. As always, callmemrx.com. Uh, on Twitter, at just call me Mr. X. X2 is now part of the family business. Um, and for the playoff special, go there, see what it's all about, and uh, have at it. As always, winning is nice, getting paid is even nicer, and only bet as much as you can afford to win, right? There you go. All right, man, we'll see you next week. Thank you. All right, see you you later. Finally, let's talk about, oh, is that an elephant sitting over there in the room? Is it possible the vaccine is a culprit in DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest? The answer is, without a doubt, yes, it's possible. To suggest otherwise shows you're probably an unserious person, somebody who is role-playing for a noble cause you'd think helps save lives by jousting at anti-vaxxers. We know that the mRNA injections, which are absolutely by definition experimental, we are the experiment, have never fully been officially approved by the FDA. They're not actually vaccines. They're genetic modifiers. Traditional vaccines are dead versions of the virus you're trying to prevent from infecting you and making you sick. And then the presence of that dead virus coaches up the correct immune response and gets a game plan for your body to fight off the real thing. The mRNA shots rewire your cells to produce spike proteins, which are then the key marker of COVID and its variants. And that's what they use as a, okay, when you see these, get them. But it's like a defensive game plan in football where let's say a team has a stud running back like Adrian Peterson. So you say, okay, we're going to create a bunch of fake Adrian Peterson. So when you see that, get them. That's how we're going to beat COVID. But It's not the rest of the team. It's not the quarterbacks, not the wide receivers. It's a limited scouting report. Studies from dozens of reputable medical journals now show that there is absolutely an increased risk and incidence of myocarditis with this quote-unquote vaccine, especially in young men 18 to 35. And while it is still very rare from a total number standpoint, it's still an increase, an increase such that a number of countries months ago, said, you know what, we're going to not recommend any more boosters for this age group because the benefits do not outweigh the risks. We know this. This is not even in dispute. Of course, people will say, well, you know, it's myocarditis. Most of the time, it's mild, and it's rare, and da-da-da-da-da, but it's still serious shit. It's your heart. When somebody has undiagnosed myocarditis, or what they call subclinical, Then there's a combining factor sometimes, like blunt force trauma, the kind that Hamlin suffered. There have been studies on this in a couple of rugby players in Australia that suffered cardiac arrest. 
in which they were shown to have underlying undiagnosed myocarditis. And that the studies show that the combination of the two had probably almost certainly induced the cardiac arrest in those particular cases. Did this happen here? Impossible to know. And I'm certain we'll probably never be fully told. In fact, you could probably get a room of a dozen doctors who are all disagreeing about what underlying heart conditions Hamlin had at the time. They might be disagreeing on what might have caused those conditions, and they might be disagreeing on what combination of events on the field led to that very scary moment. One thing that's been thrown around is this diagnosis of commodio cordis. But most commonly, it happens in athletes without chest protection, baseball and lacrosse, although lacrosse, I guess, now has better shoulder pads that cover the chest, and it's a hit by a much smaller point of impact, like a ball, a baseball or a lacrosse ball. It's not something more blunt like a running back shoulder or his helmet or anything else. I think, just as a guy with a microphone, that the commodio cordis diagnosis is probably a reach. For this simple reason, because if that kind of hit can cause commodio cordis in the NFL to a fully grown, in-shape undergoing rigorous physicals every year at the start of the season to make sure everything looks good just to play the game of professional tackle football. If it can happen to a man like that, then the number of such hits in the NFL we see every year, simple logic and numbers would say we would be hitting the dreaded commodio cordis roulette wheel number probably once every other year, once every three years, even once every five years because – We're on a once every 51 year run of this not happening. And we all know watching football, there's a lot of hits where a guy gets drilled right in the chest. Now I know there's a lot of other athletes worldwide in various sports suddenly collapsing. Some of them dropping dead, others having serious cardiac incidents. It looks very bad, there's no question about it. The number of sudden deaths, as in, well, not related to ongoing disease like cancer, is up significantly the last two years, something like 10 to 20% depending on the age group. This is known. But I I use caution when I remind myself of, well, could this have been a vaccine thing with Hamlin because of what I call the white van effect that I learned living in D.C. during the horrible D.C. sniper uh, terror spree that caused paralysis for about, oh God, I don't know how long it was. It was too long it went on for. For those that don't know, basically, uh, well, you should Google it, DC sniper incident. As people were getting plucked off by this random sniper in busy intersections and all over the place at random intervals and different settings all over a three-state area, people were like, okay, who the fuck is doing this? And so whenever shots would ring out and somebody would go down, eyewitnesses would look around And the one report that kept coming back was, I saw a white van. So there was this lookout for a white van. Turned out it was not a white van. It was a blue El Camino, I think, a old sedan with the trunk hollowed out and that scumbag kid lying down with the sniper rifle shooting through a small hole underneath the license plate. Why did everyone say, I think it was a white van that did it. Because look at all the white vans that are out there on the road. They're everywhere. And so when it comes to athletes dropping 
either dropping dead or collapsing with cardiac events on the soccer pitch, the rugby pitch, cricket, you name it, NFL, whatever. How often does this happen? Like, I would have to see, if you're going to show me a highlight reel of YouTube, like, look at all these things that have happened the last two years. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, show me the two years before that. Is there similar numbers? Is it the white van effect? Also, people just couldn't imagine with the white van. You know, they thought, well, he's a sniper. He probably has to stand up. Where could you hide in that? And nobody thought like a beat up old sedan would be a perfect thing because nobody thought as evil and sick and as twisted as these guys did to set it up that way. So I don't know. Nobody knows. All I know is it would take, and I hope this does not happen, it would take two to three more NFL players to have this happen for there to be any foray by the mainstream media to say, hey, we might have a problem here because this thing is too big to fail. It's too big to be wrong. There are too many people whose reputations, lives, ability to stay out of jail depend on this thing being, no, 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 this is not causing it. And so just imagine the legal liability to the NFL and maybe every company in America that coerced their employees to get these mRNA injections if there is a conclusion of, yep, this is a thing. It will be denied and buried and not talked about until it's painfully, awfully unavoidable and we are not there yet. And you know what? Knock on wood. I hope we never get there. I hope this is... The last one of these we have for 51 more years. What caused DeMar Hamlin's heart attack? I have no idea. But you cannot rule anything out. You can't. I'm glad he's on a good trajectory. I think there's an amazing story for him on the other side of this. Seeing in retrospect the love that came forth from him from all corners is going to be a beautiful thing, I believe, for this young man. It's already for his family who's looking around going, wow. People are rallying for our son. They don't even know him. The money raised for his charity. I believe that there is a day in the future, I can see it now, he walks out for the ceremonial coin toss at a home Bills game to an absolutely thunderous ovation. That would be something. Let's hope it happens. And with that, I say thanks for listening. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, thank you for that. Donate $5 to the cause by subscribing to Friday's. You get the original formula show with me, Scott, and Sally. And if you can, tell a friend. Have a great Thursday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win. 
and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.